Today's reading is Matthew chapter 10. We're on page 815. Page 815. Verse 26. So have no fear of them, for nothing is covered that will not be revealed, or hidden that will not be known. What I tell you in the dark, say in the light, and what you hear whispered, proclaim on the housetops. And do not fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather, fear him who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? And not one of them will fall to the ground apart from your father. But even the hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear not, therefore, you are of more value than many sparrows. So everyone who acknowledges me before men, I also will acknowledge before my Father who is in heaven. But whoever denies me before men, I also will deny before my Father who is in heaven. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, many of you might know this story already. That is, of course, the story of Ralph Johnson. Ralph Johnson is a Charleston native. Um, he was a, a Marine enlisted man. He was a, a Marine recon, of course, which is sort of, you're a real Marine. You're a, a Marine of Marines if you're in Marine recon. And he was a soldier in Vietnam. And on one of his missions, his platoon was attacked by an overwhelming Vietnamese um, army uh, force. And in the course of their battle, a grenade was thrown, a North Vietnamese uh, grenade was uh, thrown into his platoon. And instinctually, he jumped on it, taking the entire brunt of, of its explosion, absorbing it into himself, and sacrificing his life for his brothers. For this, he received the Congressional Medal of Honor, which is the uh, greatest a war that any American serviceman can receive for action. And of course, we might know his name better here in Charleston because the uh, VA hospital is named for Ralph Johnson, named in his honor. Now, of course, as many of us know, today is Veterans Day. And in fact, it's the 100th anniversary of the end of uh, World War I. And so our news and our social media are filled with stories like Ralph Johnson. Sacrifice, heresism. But all of these stories have one thing in common. If you're to boil them all down, what's the one virtue, if you will, that tugs at the very depth of our hearts? It's selflessness. Why these stories fascinate us is it's this idea of selflessness even unto self-sacrifice. Large or small, I will lose so others will gain. And you see, what makes this, these stories of selflessness even more fascinating for us, especially when they're in the context of war, is this obstacle of fear. How is it that these men and women who receive these honors can overcome fear in order to go accomplish something that may and at times has cost them their very lives. 
And so as we go into our scripture this day, this is a question that our scripture answers us for us. So have no fear of them, Jesus says. Well, of course, some uh, context. I'm overjoyed. We've got a lot of new people in here. I love that. We thrive on uh, new people. We like making new people old people. Okay, so, uh, but some, some uh, context here for us is key. Uh, back in, in August, we as a church began a sermon series called The Disciples Call. And in The Disciples Call, what we're looking at is this part of Matthew's Gospel, Matthew 10, where Jesus is sending out his disciples into the world so that they may share some good news with the world. The kingdom of God is here. God himself has come to rescue us. God himself has come to establish his kingdom here. God himself has come to forgive us. And guess what? You can enter this kingdom not by some great work, not by avoiding some great sin, you can enter this kingdom just simply by trusting that God loves you as much as he promises. And that the work of his son is enough to even wipe away the deepest and the darkest of sins, of failures. And so as Jesus is going through these instructions to his people, one of where we come to now is do not fear. Do not fear. Now, of course, what happened a couple verses earlier, we talked about this uh, last week, where uh, Jesus says, my disciples, if they've called me Satan, how much more will they call you Satan? Me, Jesus says, who's, who's gone out and, and, and healed the sick and, and given life to the dead and given freedom to captives and, and given people that thought that God could never love them, real hope that he's forgiven them. How much more? And, and they called me evil for doing those things. How much more will they call you evil too? So in response to that, Jesus says, so have no fear of them. Have no fear of them. Well, what is he talking about here? Well, of course, if we we're to be really honest and look at fear, it's actually in a lot of ways a good thing, right? Fear is a good thing. I've talked about this numerous times before. I suffer from generalized anxiety dis disorder, uh, which means I get depressed sometimes, get really anxious some sometimes. And my psychiatrist says, Hamilton, like, you know, so when we're doing my medicine and my counseling and all this stuff to make sure, he's like, look, if you're not afraid, you're in trouble, right? Like <laughs> fear, when it's rightly experienced, is a good thing. If a lion wants to walk in this room, we need to be like, oh, we should probably leave, right? <laughs> So fear is not in itself a totally bad thing. It's a good thing. But what, but what Jesus is talking about here is a much deeper fear. Because you see, the reason why fear is a good thing that can become a bad thing is it's all about me. The main object is me. My safety, my security, my self-preservation, right? Right? And so in this context, we can talk about that in all kinds of ways, but in the context that we're talking about here, what the fear is that Jesus is speaking of is what will happen to me, a disciple asks, if I go and tell someone else who doesn't know Jesus about Jesus? 
What will happen to me if I go and say, hey, listen, we've been friends for some time. I want you to, to know something that is so vitally important to, to me that I and, and, and I felt blessing and forgiveness and healing. And I want you to know that, too. Now, already in this room, there are those of us which are just beginning to sweat. Your ears are beginning to sweat just by thinking about this possibility of going up to someone and sharing that. Right? It's that fear. Now, of course, I haven't mastered this, right? Don't let this collar fool you. There are lots of people that have known me in this room for a long time, and you knew me before this collar. This collar means nothing to you because you know who it will be, right? I'm just where so many of you are in this. I have this friend. He's a great guy. He's into things that I'm into. He's into Southern culture. He's into He's into music, he's into history, he's into all these things that I love. He's really intellectual, we have great conversations. He's a great friend, and he's a committed atheist. Now, he's not, you know, an angry atheist, a protest atheist, if God was good, if God was here, then why is there all this evil? You see, those atheists I enjoy or, or I feel more relaxed around because at least they're talking about God. <laughs> he's an indifferent atheist. God... It can't be, be real because there's no real reality here. So it's not even on his radar screen. God's not even on his radar screen. And given all the sermons I preached about sharing the gospel, where we live, work, play, and learn, and all of our friends and building relationships, you'd think this guy would be the easiest one for me, right? The perfect person for me to share, share Christ with. But guess what? I'm afraid. I'm afraid. What am I afraid of? I'm afraid of losing a friend. I'm afraid of being laughed at. I'm afraid of being pushed away. I'm afraid of being avoided. I'm afraid of looking foolish. I'm afraid. I don't want to lose this relationship. Why? Because it means so much to me. And, and you see, what's happening here is that my main concern is not my friend. It's me. My needs to be accepted and liked. My wants, right? I do this stuff for a living. Can't there be one little corner of my life where I don't have to always be doing this, right? Can I just kind of hang out over here in the corner and take the collar off and hide and just be normal, you know? You see, the real problem with me is that I have placed this person's opinion. I've made that the way that I get peace, the way that I get comfort, the way that I find acceptance. You see, the reality is, is I don't want to challenge this friendship. I don't want to take a step that might shatter this friendship because I want it. So I would rather live, right, than risk the friendship and perhaps give him an opportunity to hate me. In short, in, in short the fact that I'm enjoying this fr friendship and I don't want to, to destroy it outweighs the fact that if I don't even speak the words, he never has a chance to come to hear the forgiving 
love of God. And, and then he would die in his sins. I would rather live than have him live. I would rather have him die than have this friendship die. Now, one little sort of caveat here, right? Footnote. So many things. We're going to actually preach two Sundays on fear because it became such a major topic. So I'm preaching this Sunday. Rob's preaching next Sunday. But one thing, I think, just to kind of a little practical note, right? Hopefully what you heard in my example is as, as I'm confessing this and I'm walking through this, the, the reality is, is that I don't have to convince anybody of anything. It's not my job to convince people that God is real. It's my job just to simply speak the truth that Jesus Christ loves you and forgives you. And his word does the rest of the work. Not only is it Memorial Day, but it's also last week, two weeks ago, whatever it was, is the 501st anniversary of the Protestant Reformation. Of course, begun by Martin Luther. And Martin Luther says this. He says, whether I'm at the pulpit speaking the gospel or drinking beer in a pub, the word of the Lord is at work, converting hearts. So when you see me drinking beer in a pub, I'm working. <laughs> right? I'm trusting in the Lord's sovereignty. That's the main thing we need to hear. No, no, no. Why do I say this? Right? Why do I say this? Well, I say this. Because one of the great fears, I don't want to get bogged down in individual details, but one of the great fears is I don't know what to say. I don't know how to convince them. Guess what? That's not your job. It's not my job. It's just to simply say the beautiful words. That, you know what? This may make no sense to you at all, but God is real and he loves you and he forgives you. And the door is always open to come in. Now, I want to stop here. Right? Because at this moment, it's very tempting for me. Okay, St. Thomas's is a church where we have based how we're going to grow as a church, not by stealing Christians from other churches. There are great churches in this town. The, the, the way we want to grow is by going out where we live, work, play, learn, and share the good news of this God who loves them with these people who, who do not know that, right? And as we've already established, that's a scary thing for a lot of us, for all the reasons that I've listed why it's scary to me. And right here, for me, it's really tempting to appeal to your will, right? Don't be like Hamilton. Don't be like me. Don't be a, a chicken. Go out there and be a real Christian. Just go out there and be selfless. Make the choice. Pull yourself up by, by your bootstraps. Do it because Jesus says to go do it. Because if you don't do it, it's not going to happen. Right? It's so tempting for me to do that. To let what warfare mo motivate you. But, but you see, if I was to do that, not only would that be disingenuous to the gospel, I'll get into, into that in a minute, but it's also motivating you to, to do the right thing for more selfish reasons. For more selfish reasons. You go out and you share the love of God so you can look yourself in the mirror and say, I did the right thing today. And it's so tempting because you get good results really quickly when I terrify you, when I appeal to your will. But of course, this takes us to a deeper dimension of the gospel and the good news of Jesus Christ and why Christians do anything. 
We don't do it because it saves us. We don't do it because it makes us better people. We don't do the right thing so we can look at ourselves and say that we're good people because the gospel's already said that we're bad people that Jesus Christ saves in, in, in spite of our badness. Because you see, what Jesus Christ is calling the disciples to do here is the same thing he's calling us to do to here. He's saying, don't fear them, i.e., just dig down deep and overcome your fear. Right? He's saying something much more Profound. Don't overcome your fear. Vanquish fear. Banish fear. Don't be afraid and then jump over it. My love, Jesus says, will even take the fear away from you. One of my, I'm blessed to have this man call him a friend. Um, many of you have heard him. His name is Granger McCoy. He's a wildlife sculptor here in South Carolina. And <laughs> fearless, right? He's a fearless man when it comes to pretty much everything, but especially sharing the gospel. And the other day, I, I called him because a friend of mine wanted to meet with him. And so I call up Ranger and I say, Granger, you know, how are you? And he goes, Hamilton, I'm fine. You know, I've been praying about you and I've got all the, and for the next 45 minutes, right? Granger corrects me. For the next 45 minutes. He's sharing Jesus with me. I had to remind him, you know, I, I like, Granger, I do believe, right? I mean, you know, it's good, right? But then he began to say, you know, have you really looked at this? Have you really at that? Fearless. Fearless. Now, is it because he wants to win? Is it because he feels like that Jesus won't love him unless he gets every chance to correct me? Blah, blah, blah? No. He's fearless. Because he loves me more than he loves my opinion of him. He doesn't care what I think about him. He doesn't care if I get off the phone and say, that Granger McCoy is the biggest jerk I've ever talked to because I heard it. And he loves me too much to let me go off the rails. So he's willing to risk our friendship that I might be corrected, that I might be healed. Now, how in the world, how in the world is it possible for us to be like this? To not just overcome fear, but to not have fear. To not worry about what people think about us. How is it possible? Well, the answer is this. We see this in Jesus Christ, right? Why is it that Jesus goes out and does this? Because Jesus is so secure in his Father's love that he willingly goes out into hostile territory for people who hate him to share the good news of life with them. He would rather be ridiculed and destroyed and chastised and beaten and whipped and crucified as long as we heard the word of forgiveness. As long as we were saved. You see, it's an amazing story that Ralph Johnson jumped on a grenade, a North Vietnamese grenade to save his friends. That's an amazing and admirable thing. That doesn't des describe Jesus. What did Jesus do? Jesus jumped on a U.S. Gr grenade and died. For the North Vietnamese. Jesus died for his enemies. Us. Me. 
in all my fear, in all my sin, Jesus Christ took his own, his father's wrath for us, for our sins. So you see, friends, as I encourage you, as Jesus encourages us to go out into the world and not fear the world, but love the world more than we love ourselves. This is only possible if we dig deeply into the fact that Jesus Christ gave up everything for us sinners, not just as an example. My Lord, I say this all the time. Um, you can give me examples of dunking a basketball all that you want to. This is not going to do that. <laughs> this can't do that. This needs to be transformed pretty massively for that to happen, right? So how in the world do we not become people that overcome fear, but people that just aren't afraid at all? Where does that come from? That comes from diving deeply and repetitively into the beautiful news that Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, even though we failed him over and over and over again. Brothers and sisters in Christ, if you claim Christ as your own, this is the good news. This is where the power to no longer be encumbered by sin and to be completely focused in love. And you know what? they go out, and if they hate me because I've shared the gospel with them, so be it. For they have a chance at life. Now, I want to end with this. My sermon's primarily been targeted toward those who would claim Christ, who, who uh, put their trust in Him for salvation, to not just give you instructions on what we should go and do, but actually how we're empowered to go out without fear. But of course, the beautiful thing about our Lord Jesus Christ, and, 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 and I would hope and pray about St. Thomas's church, is that we're not a church for Christians, we're a church for, for the world. And so if you are in here this day, maybe you've never heard the gospel of Christ before. Maybe you've been burned by the church. Maybe your, your heart is sickened with hypocritical Christians, whatever it might be. Maybe there's some of you in here who think that you've done something so bad, Jesus Christ could never accept you. Whoever you are, out of great love for you and for me, who in our sin were God's enemies, he took the blow for you. He took the grenade for me, before I stopped sinning, while I was still lost. Can you imagine the face of the North Vietnamese if Ralph Johnson would have gotten out, thrown a grenade, and gotten out and jumped on himself to save his enemies? Think that would have confused them? Well, in the same way, so many of us are so angry at God or so upset with him, whatever it might be, we're so confused by him. And, but how do we know him? We know him as the one that has died and looks up at us in great love and says, don't you see what else I have to tell you to show you how much I love you? Come to, to me just as you are, as flawed as you are, as sinful as you are, and my love will make you beautiful. That's true for Christians. 
And that's true for non-Christians too. And all that you have to do to receive the hope that that brings, the love that that brings, the life that that brings, is trust that what I just said is true and follow Him. And what you'll find is that yes, you'll lose your life, but you will gain real life and real health and real peace and live without fear. And this is good news for us, so to me. Amen.